Howdy, friends. Welcome to the XD Podcast, a show that explores how design shapes the way we experience brands, products, services, and our everyday lives. As usual, I'm your host, Tony Dosat. Whether you're joining me for the first time or have come back for more, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. And if you find value in this show, I would be honored if you took a moment to share this episode, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, or left a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And with that, what do you say we just jump right into the interview? Katie Lamb. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So a little backstory. Katie and I went to high school together way back in the day. I'm mm-hmm. not going to date us, but it was at least two to three years ago. <laughs> and then you moved and did your thing. Now, let's just let's just start with the basics. Photography. Yes. DIYage. Yes. Did you do some stationery at one point? I did print design for like homes, like for your walls. Oh, like wallpaper? No, like prints, like you put up on your wall, like... Oh, and then frame them? Frame them, yeah. Oh, cool. So I did some of those, and then I did web design for a little while. Oh, you did? I did. And do you design your website, too? No. I stopped. I got, oh, like, tired of it. I mean, I, I buy templates now and just... Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, Customized do that. Templates. So I used to, and then now I just don't have time anymore. Some people judge me because I use Wix. Oh, yeah. And... They have all these templates you can customize. I start with like a blank slate and just add stuff in. Yes. It's like, aren't you a designer? Shouldn't you be coding it? And it's like, that's a whole other topic. But yes. Girl, ain't got the time. Exactly. That's how I feel. I'm like, I just don't have the time and that's not something I love doing anymore. So no. I just make it easy. Okay. So let's start at the begin. What did you go to college for? Fine art photography. You did? I did. And where did you go? I went to Baylor. Oh, nice. That's right. Yes. From there, did you start building your own thing, or how did your career sort of kick off? So I knew in high school, because that's when our high school had a thing where they were starting to transition to where you kind of pick a career path. Now it's full immersed into that. But we were kind of the beginning, and so mine was the art route, and so I went all through... fine arts and so I knew I loved photography but it really was my I my family adopted two little girls from China while I was in high school Mm -hmm. and just the process of that and going to China and spending a lot of time over there and photographing my sisters basically growing up is really well where I just fell in love with the art of um, photography and so went on to Baylor but I never anticipated owning my own business that's not I just wanted to be an artist, um, you know, like we all do. And you realize there's not a lot of money um, in, um, especially with what I was wanting to do. I was wanting to work with nonprofits overseas, just documenting um, no the efforts of like orphan or orphan outreach and the just different international mission groups. And so I did that. I spent a lot of time in Africa and China and all over Europe and loved it. But then once we were getting married and starting a family, I just, I couldn't sustain that. Um, and so that's where kind of creating the business started from was really to have a business to fund me being able to do those things. Mm. Um, so I did that for, for a while. And then as I started my business, photography business and different design businesses, I really fell in love with business as, as a whole. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it just took off. I mean, you're a legit entrepreneur. I, I, I You're a mom call- boss for <laughs> days. <laughs> that's right. I just have... 
but I have too many ideas sometimes and I just want to create so many businesses. So I have to, you know, feel you reel it in. I feel like that's how so many creatives are. We just have too many ideas. It's so true. Cause <laughs> a little backstory about us too. I mean, we did like the lip balm subscription service yes. business we started and then Devin had her dance studio. And what is that about creatives? Let's talk about that for one second. I'm completely 100% satisfied at my job where I work. I'm super fulfilled. Everyone I work with is so brilliant. I can't even wrap my head around it. The work we do is incredible. The leadership is inspiring. But I still, it's like, (laughs) I always want to be doing something else. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. I feel like it's. As creatives, I think we do have just so many ideas in our mind and we're always pushing to find, to fulfill that. Mm. And I feel like I found that so many of us with the same type of personalities, which are creatives, is that we we always have this urge for something more. Like you master it. Once we master something, I feel like we get bored easily and mm. we need that next challenge of of whatever that is. That's at least how I am. And so it's always just too many ideas then that I can even fulfill. But. Yeah. And people think that I'm a little kooky for doing yeah. all the different things. Oh, yeah. People think you're crazy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I get messages all the time. Like, how do you do this? Like, why do you do this to yourself? I'm like, I, I have to do this to myself. Like, I have yeah. to. Like, it's in me that I have to be creating or doing. Um, or that like, that's just what makes me kind of feel alive is doing that. And I should mention you're a mother of twins. Yes. Everyone should know this as well. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been crazy. I think you're a unique guest to have because so far I've had um, people that are in sort of the digital experience Mm -hmm. world as far as apps, websites, or even research surrounding digital products. But the title of my podcast is Experience Design, or XD Podcast. And for me... There isn't an experience more important to be designed than a home. Mm -hmm. And on your Insta-G, which is at Katie Beth Lamb, it says you're a DIY lady. Yeah. What does it say? DIYer? DIY home. That's a good question. DIY home. (laughs) DIY home blogger, maybe? (laughs) But you're a straight-up interior designer. If you go and you scan through her Instagram, I mean, it's like, it's stunning stuff going on here. Thank you. So what are your thoughts around interior design? So I feel like we're created to appreciate beauty and therefore design is at the, I think, core of beauty. And so um, I just love having a space that is beautiful, but also functional, uh, functionable. And especially for me, I've always been on the design side, whether I'm designing websites or designing photos for other people or whatever it is I'm designing. I I love the experience of Mm. designing, but I was never on the receiving end of of enjoying my design. You know, I was always giving it back to someone else. So I feel like once um, I started really getting into interior design, especially in my own home, I was able to enjoy the process of design, but also being able to to enjoy the end product of that design. So I really liked... um, just being able to, to do that. Like you briefly mentioned, form and function. It's a fine line um, between the two because you want Absolutely. it to look great and have the aesthetic and and just be on point. But then you have to think, 
okay, I got the twins and I have all yes. the things going on. Do you have a dog too or no? Yes, we do. At least one? Just one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all I can handle. <laughs> so what are your thoughts between the two and marrying the two, form and function? So if you would have asked me this, Five years ago, pre-kids, mm. my answer would have been different. It would have been mm. that form trumps all. And my husband it would and I would even get into arguments about it. You know, there's 500 pillows on the bed. Well, I don't care it looks good. I don't care how much it drives me crazy every morning to put them on. Um, but now that I have kids, function plays a huge role. Um, and I would say I always approach it like if I have to choose between form and function, function in my home does trump a little bit more. But I found that... Especially for me, I love light and airy, so my home's white, which oh, for sure. two three-year-olds, <laughs> um, a lot of people are like, how in the world is everything in your house white? <laughs> and for us, it's been just a matter of teaching them to respect a home and that mommy and daddy work hard um, so that we can have a home, so we mm. take care of that, because we want them to be able to do that in other homes, too. Like, we don't take crayons oh, to walls sure, or something. Yeah. So, um, but then, being they're still kids, so mishaps happen, and so just knowing... You know, if they ram a truck into the wall and there's a scuff in the wall, yeah. one, it just means they're having fun. Like, I've sometimes, like, a little mess means kids are having fun, but then also just a little paint can fix it. And just not getting so tied up, which I think as creatives, it's so easy for us to, like, hold on so tight mm-hmm. to whatever it is we've created. And if anybody messes it up, it's, it's you know, the end of the world to us. But just kind of losing control of that a little bit um, for the sake of kids. So still... The form and the design matters to me a lot because I love being in a beautiful space. It makes me happy. It it gives me inspiration. And I love that. Um, But then also just knowing I still want it to be a place where we can have fun and create memories. And because that at the end of everything is what matters most. So Mm -hmm. I try to try to balance the two as best I can. So true. When you said like five years ago, I would have said form. And I think a lot of young designers feel the exact same way. Yes. And you can look at a lot of work, whether it's digital work or hell, even interior design, things like that. And they start with the form because they think of the pretty. And then when you really boil it down to functionality, it can be gorgeous. Yeah. There's, um, I think I've said this before on one of the earlier episodes, but one of my favorite quotes is a Quaker quote. And it's, don't make anything unless it's necessary. But if it is necessary... Don't hesitate to make it beautiful. Like and that. I think that that's so true. And yeah. I think if more designers led with that, we'd have yeah. super functional and super gorgeous places. Yeah. Now you look at my house and there's some areas that are just like torn up. But we're working on some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. As Ross from Friends would say, let's pivot. <laughs> so you recently bought a home. And it needed some love. Oh, yeah. And in digital product design, we call this basically having like a green field mm-hmm. where you can go in and just sort of do your thing. How do you start? Do you start from like a larger vision and objective and then create the small moments? Or do small moments sort of inspire a larger objective? So I always do it. So in my home, but I always, this is the way I would create 
you know, when I did websites or anything really is I look at the big picture first Mm -hmm. and I do, um, I would always for anything, create an inspiration board first. So it pull in inspiration. So if I am working on my home or even a website or whatever it is, I would pull in, you know, okay, these textures inspire me, these colors, um, other photos, anything that inspires me. And I pull that all that together. And then once I have that, then I create like a design board Mm. and I'm actually pulling in. So specifically for like my home, then I create design boards for each room or each space. And that's where I'm actually pulling in. Okay. This is what's inspiring me. This piece of furniture, you know, that goes with that inspiration. And that way the whole, I want my whole home or the entire website to have a uniform look and feel. And so for me, it was easiest always to start with a big picture first and then start breaking it down yeah. into those small areas. Does that help sort of build a consistent yes. feel? Yes. Because for me, in my own like photography work, like my whole brand's built around consistency. Like that's one of my main like mm. branding words is just consistency. And in my home, I want it to be the same. So everything I create, I just, I love consistency. And so that really helps a lot to create that. From a business perspective, what does consistency mean to you outside of design? So for me, it's my, like a consistent client experience. Like I want every, I want every client to know what they're getting before they book me. Um, and so I think that just creates a sense of professionalism and trust from a client in you. And so I just love being able to show that through my photos, but also through an experience that I'm giving to a client as well. And so that yeah. everything is the same. I have a workflow set. So everyone receives the same experience and then the same, you know, photo style and everything just kind of comes together. So let's pivot again, cause that's interesting. So again, scrolling through your Instagram and your website for that matter i mean these are stunning photos thank you um so i have so many questions surrounding (laughs) one is let's start a little broader which is photography is such an intimate experience Mm -hmm. and nerve-wracking experience for so many people that aren't used to being in front of the camera how do you create an experience for your clients to where they feel free to sort of be yeah And how do you capture those moments that you capture? It definitely all starts with, one, what you're showing online. So for me, showing them these moments. So first they have have an idea of what to expect. But then also like from their first time they've reached out to me, I let them know what they can expect from a session from me. Especially so I, I mainly focus on young families. And so letting them know like a lot of people are scared to book a family session sometimes because they're like, I have two kids or three kids. What if they throw a fit? Or what, you know, and the whole session's ruined they or will. something. Yes. <laughs> and it will happen at some point. But letting them know like, it's okay. You're not scaring me away. Like there's never been a session. I've been in business 11 years that I haven't been able to make some type of magic happen. Um, and just letting them know there's like they can trust me and instilling that trust and by... And by giving them this information to say, like, this is what will happen, and this is how I handle it, that just gives them a sense of trust. Like, I have this under control. You guys just show up, and I, you know, I take the reins, and I run everything else, so you don't have to worry. And then also, like, so all the prep work going into that. So they get that. They get a session guide also, like, that tells them what to wear, what's going to look good um, in the photos, because my photos have a very specific style, mm-hmm. and so certain clothing options aren't going to go well with that. So it yeah. it, tell, it preps them for that, for choosing everything. Um, so that way they have all the information beforehand, and then 
then once they arrive at the session, same thing. I tell them like, hey, it's going to be lots of fun. Um, just let me take it. Don't tell your kids no. Don't tell your kids to smile. That never <laughs> works. Um, and so they just have a trust. And I think that's the biggest thing um, in a client relationship is trust, is for them to truly trust that you're the professional. But it's it's our job as the professionals to give to make them trust us, to, to, to mm. show them that we are the professionals and we know what we're doing. And so um, – and then during the session, I like to play music and just make it lighthearted yeah. and um, just fun. And so we just – there's no just sitting and posing and everybody looking at the camera type thing because that's not life. And I, I just love mm-hmm. creating just real-life moments. So we're playing Duck, Duck, Goose, and we're um, playing Ring Around the Rosie and these real moments that I can capture um, oh, great, great emotions. Yes. I think trust is huge. And yeah. I think that goes across so many industries. Absolutely. When there's client work or without client work, trust is everything. Yeah. And if you want to build the foundations of a great experience for both you and the client and a successful outcome, it all starts with trust. Yeah. I totally agree with that. The relationships where the trust isn't the foundation, I think, is where it starts breaking apart. I guess we're getting even more broad than design now, yeah. aren't we? And I think it even shows in the work, whatever the work you're doing. Mm. If the client didn't, if their trust wasn't there, I think it can show. Yeah. And your trust in them. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's equal. Absolutely. I like to say lead with a teacher's heart and a student's mind. Yeah. And I think in doing that, you can, if you both have that mentality, you're going to trust each other. Yes. Oh, don't you sell a filter or um, in Lightroom or some yeah. kind of... A what preset. is that? So a it's preset. a preset. Yes. So I'm. it'll be launching in May. Oh, cool. Um, but so that's you. I hate saying it's like a filter because a filter, there's there's kind of a, people think that's of like an Instagram, Instagram filter. So there's yeah. a lot more to it, um, but it is um, for Lightroom to be able to kind of enhance the photo. How long? I would say you've got your like brand and look and feel down, okay. right? So how long did it take for you to be like, I feel confident and this is this is how I'm going to present my brand and work. How long did it take you to nail that look? I'd say probably five to six years. It took um, it took a while just because it's it's a process of refining and and learning what doesn't work or what you don't like and then refining that to get to where you are. So for me, um, it did take a while and I think that's the process is beautiful. Because then you yeah. have a stronger foundation of where you are. So it, uh, yeah, it was probably five to six years before I was like, "This is it," and I haven't wavered. Now it's been like five or six years that I have been set, and I really haven't changed yeah. anything. I think, again, backpedaling, you you have to have trust in yourself as yeah. well that this process is worth committing to yes. and worth being persistent in. I get a lot of messages of people that are just starting out or trying to start out, don't know what to do, can't get a gig. And it's like, you just keep digging deep and going and it's going to work and you have to love the process. You can't love the end. Yes, that's so true. Do you get a lot of questions about that? Absolutely. Especially in the photography world, which translates to any world, I guess. But so many people, they're year one, like... My photos don't look like yours, or I'm not getting the clients. Like how I'm like, well, my photos didn't look like this. Yeah. I started out shooting weddings off Craigslist. My first oh, really? three weddings, that's how I started. Don't recommend that, but that's the way I did it. Because <laughs> um, we didn't have social media back when I started. Yeah. That didn't exist. And so um, 
Craigslist was it. And so just knowing, I think the quote like that's so popular right now is don't compare your middle to someone else's end. Mm. And I think that's so beautiful because I think it's something we do, especially with social media so much is to compare ourselves and to someone that's 10 years ahead of us. And it's just knowing that we're all always learning and always growing, but I absolutely get messages like that all the time. And I just like to encourage people that I didn't start there either. You're just seeing me 10 years down the road from where you are. Um, And it is just a growing process and, and learning what learning from your mistakes. And I think you learn a heck of a lot more from your mistakes than you ever do from your successes. Oh, for sure. Something you said just struck me so hard and feeling old. (laughs) We're not old people. We're not necessarily young people, but we're not old. Right. But you said when I started, social media didn't exist. Isn't that insane to think about? Yeah. Social media is literally everything. Yeah. And it didn't exist but a few years ago. Yeah. Oy vey. Oh. <laughs> yes, it makes you feel so old. Okay. Two more questions. One is, what are you passionate about right now? And what is getting you up out of bed in the morning? So I love teaching and helping others um, succeed. Whether So I do a lot of business coaching for photographers, but also anyone with the kind of a small business. That's really where my heart and passion are right now. Um, and then kind of the projects I, I love subscription services. And so mm. kind of looking into that, of oh. offering a subscription service of some type. And so that's kind of what's kind of turning my wheels right now. Before we get to the question I ask every guest, I want you to just give a shout out to where people can find you, where to get your stuff, where your presets going to be launching, all that. So Instagram is my main way to communicate, mm-hmm. and I'm Katie Beth Lamb there, which is K-A-T-I-E-B-E-T-H-L-A-M-B, like the animal. And then my website, my photography website is katielamb.com, but then my lifestyle blog is blog.katielamb.com. And then my presets will be launched over on my blog, but it'll be um, all over Instagram Everywhere. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope everybody checks out your Instagram because oh, it is you. just like stunning. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And now the question I ask every guest, which is what non-digital thing that you own means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? And I think I should, for you, say that the camera is a digital thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. So I would say it's the necklace that I'm wearing right now, and that is it has my kids' names on it, and then but on the back of it, it actually has it says one call away, and that my um, twins were born born preemie in the hospital and struggled. My boys struggled a lot, and so it was really tough as a first time mom to leave my kids in the hospital every night and go home and. Mm. So that was right when that song, um, I'm only one call away, I'll be there to save the day. Superman's got nothing on me, I'm only one call away. That's right when that song came out. So I would sing that to them every time right before I left the hospital. And so now I still sing, that's my kids and I song, they sing it with me now, which is so special. But Mm. that's just like my mantra for my kids is no matter where they go in life, when they're... 35, I'm just one call away, whether I'm here on earth or I'm up in heaven, they can, um, I'm just a call away. And so that they always know that, you know, mom's here. So this has always just been really special to me. My kids are special to me. Motherhood 
obviously it, it changes everybody's life and it's just something I'm really passionate about. So that's probably mine. What a great answer. Oh, thank you. I started to get a little choked up. (laughs) (laughs) Katie Lamb, everyone, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. And with that, we will call it a week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to share it with your friends, family, or coworkers. As always, you can find the show notes and full transcript at xdpodcast.com. Or stalk me on Instagram at xdpodcast. I can't wait to have you back next week, but until then, friends, stay curious. The XD Podcast is part of XD Media LLC and is produced and edited by me, Tony Dosat. Hosting and publication of the podcast is through Buzzsprout. <laughs>